Welcome to the Youth Hockey Hub High School Hockey Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Red and Black League. To learn more about the league, go to redandblackleagues.com. Now to the show, featuring YHH publisher Tony Scott, the forum guru, Carl East, and the reigning most viewed high school games champion, Danny Ryan. Here's Danny. Well, thanks, Drew. I am Danny Ryan, joined with you back in Bloomington um, this week. Tony, how's it going? It's going great. Busy week, but great. Yeah, um, always nice to see you when I'm recording. Yeah, that's great. And be on the phone with Carl up in Duluth. Hey, Danny. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing Tony up here all alone, but I'll survive somehow. You have the whole season. But you don't have to uh, go through the whole production process today. You can just <laughs> hang the phone up and walk away from the show. That is a perk. So, so our listeners know it takes several hours. <laughs> We've streamlined it from time to time. We're getting better. Um, but we did also have some other news this week, Tony. Big Mr. news. Mr. Hockey got Big released. Big news. Mr. Hockey was released. Uh, one of our Mr. Hockey finalists, Ryder Donovan, was committed to Wisconsin. So lots of news came out this week. Let's go through the Mr. Hockey finalists. We got two from Edina, uh, Jet Jungles and Mason Nevers. Uh, Andover's Charlie Shane made the list. Aaron Huglin from uh, Roseau. Bryce Brodzinski uh, from Blaine. Uh, Jack Jensen and obviously Ryder Donovan with the forwards. And back on the blue line, uh, Mike Kester, whose career ended yesterday. Grant Doctor, whose career ended yesterday. And Josh Litke, whose career ended yesterday. High school career, let's be High cool. school career. <laughs> yeah, all, career all ten of these guys have a future career, that's for sure, in, in college hockey, that's for sure. Um, any surprises for you, Danny? I mean, we, we didn't, we, as a group picked, uh, Mike Borlicky. Uh, tell us why we picked Borlicky over Shane or what we thought at the time when we did our, when we named our 10 finalists. So Charlie Shane was definitely one of the three that we had taking a spot. I just didn't think that it would be Mike Borlicky. He's, the best defenseman on the best defensive core in the, the state. best team in the state. Because of the best defensive core. Correct. And, and so, and Mike's been playing great all season. He kind of plays like Luke LeMaster does. Yes. And so, and Luke was a Mr. Hockey candidate last yep. year, both Wisconsin commits, actually. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's one of those things. He deserved the nod in my book because yep. it, you just hit off a lot of checklists there. And I think, and it, and, it, and it sprouted on the forum, too. You can't have three from one team in there. I'm like, pick the best ten guys. And I think that Mike qualifies as one of the best ten players in the state. Carl, what's your take on, on the list? Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought we, we did pretty well with our picks. We got nine out of ten. And the, as we've just said here, that the one is, you know, fairly interchangeable. But I was surprised that it was, that it was more like he who was one of the Edina three who was left off, but you know it's hard to argue with any of those picks. Though great list, so rough day for defensemen yesterday. Yeah, it was a rough day for the defensemen yesterday. Another interesting note that 
is that I think is worthy of talking about, and I know that people from the Miskaki Committee listen to our show. Next time, don't announce your your. And I know you get put up the wall with lots of different deadlines and stuff, but don't announce it Friday at, you know, one o'clock or eleven o'clock. It just kind of got lost in the shuffle. This is a huge announcement, you know. Let it. They'd have been much better off bringing it out on Monday, uh, after the you know section semifinal. But I think they needed to get it out before the section semis. Yeah. So, but I think they just got behind on deadline. But I think this thing kind of got lost, and and we're right in the middle of this, and we would know when a good time for it to come out. I just feel like no one really talked about it. It's a week later than it has been the two previous years, and it's three weeks later. It's been every year before those two years. So it's one of those things that got really pushed out this year, and it didn't need to be in a lot of ways. Well, there there might be something behind the scene that we just don't sure, know. Sure. Sure. Um, another thing that I think is interesting, and not that we're a big, big a player as Mr. Hockey, but I think us naming our Player of the Year finalists last Monday with the big interviews and all that stuff, it kind of gets a little bit lost. You know, there's just so much, and I know this because I'm in the business, there's so much information in this four weeks that it just kind of gets lost. And I think this is a huge announcement. It's a huge banquet. We are huge fans of Mr. Hockey. Yeah. We actually live stream it. I think we, I think Greg does a really nice job with those streams, chopping up their interviews and doing all the things that we do during the banquet. So it's not, we're not ripping on the banquet. I just think the timing of their announcement could have been better. Yeah, and that's the only thing. I mean, they always do a good job. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, okay, Frank Brimsick was named as well, and one of the finalists, Brennan Boynton, will be on the show uh, later on in the program. Uh, congratulations, to Brennan. I obviously was a big, huge proponent of Brennan being one of the finalists, and we fought on the show about it, before the show, after the show. We fought on the forum about it. Well, and it was a really big <laughs> watershed moment seeing his name pop up on Friday afternoon. So let's let's time out for two seconds there. Traditionally, this is an award only given to two finalists. Correct. Okay, and in some years. They've just, just won. given the award, <laughs> which at this time of the season, too, which is just weird, I yeah, would think. So bizarre. Like, yeah, isn't that, Carl? That's just out of the, the I can just see two dudes who do the award. I don't even know who they are. Going, yeah, I'll just give it to them to be done with it. Screw the pop and circumstance. <laughs> okay, sounds good to me, Chuck. But it's over. <laughs> but if you're going to make three, then just make five like I the girls and, and just call it. You know, it's not everybody needs a trophy, but there are certain kids that get left off. Then the girls screwed up worse than this. To believe it or not, they do ten, and then they did, and then and then they trim it down to five. I don't like that. And there were girls in the top ten who didn't even play the last seven games of the year. So it's, that's even worse than the ten to five, five to zero, five to one. Invite all five to the banquet is the is the solution, Carl. Yeah, I think ten is just excessive for goalies, but um, yeah, I, I am glad they expanded to three. I do think there are more goalies who deserve to be recognized, and I think that this may have helped get Boynton on the radar because you know, as you've also seen in the past, they just give it to players in good teams, which, as we know, aren't necessarily always the best goalies. So uh, good to see three, and I think three very deserving ones. Nathan Mueller from Buffalo is the other one who would have been in the mix, interchangeable with some of those, but three deserving guys here. Yeah, no doubt. Mueller and John Howe. Oh, yeah. Great season. That would have been a good five. 
Yeah, there there was plenty of good choices, that's for sure. Poor Sharon in our office, when I read Brennan Boynton's name, came across the, the wire as a finalist. I screamed pretty loud here in the office, and she's like, what? What happened? What happened? I'm like, oh, nothing. Brennan Boynton just got named uh, Frank Brims of finalist, and he's, she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, ah, never mind, Sharon. Yeah. Doesn't listen to Go back talk. to QuickBooks. <laughs> QuickBooks. <laughs> uh, ben Fritzinger was named, obviously, from Andover. Charlie Glockter was named. Both, all three, very deserving yeah. of this award. I don't know who's going to win it, but uh, my guess is it's Fritzinger's to lose at this point. I, his team, this is you know, the, this you is never a lifetime know, achievement award, Tony. It's Glockner. You never know. <laughs> Never Did they know. already choose two? That's the other question because you know Mr. Hockey settled. We just don't know who the number one is. So it's pretty much like the same yep. way. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Carl. And that's, that's also true. And that's what's different with our award. We won't decide until Sunday morning after the state tournament who wins the award. You know, we I like to see the whole thing shake out. You know. So a St. Thomas player could win your award. No, no, so we don't have a finalist there. <laughs> but I think that you still have to look seriously at everything, at how it all shakes out, look at the whole landscape, you know. If I could go back in time, I would have made Bobby Brink um, uh, Player of the Year finalist last year because after his wonderful state tournament and what he did to lead his team to the state title, he could have been our, he could have, he could have maybe edged out Sammy Walker, but I still think Sammy was the best player in the state. All year. Yeah, all year long. Okay, okay. So. let's move on. Let's move past. Yeah, that. Uh, are we ready to talk some games from yesterday? Hopefully, you ready to go? I'm ready. So, <laughs> are we going to start with the, our, our anomaly to, to kick things off here? The one double A number yeah. one seed going being put into running time. So, um, we've done a little bit of research on this. So, hey, can I just stop really quick? These two. Finding this information was some of the most staggering nerddom you'll ever see. All right, sorry, right, keep going, boys. That's why you tune in, though, Tony. That's right. Um, so Hastings, the number one seed, loses eight to one to Lakeville South. This was a running time game. Um, I asked Carl, when was the last time uh, number one seed lost in running time? Well, that's kind of easy for me to remember that fact. Um, or at least one of the more recent ones, when St. Thomas Academy lost to Burnsville because I was there. That was a crazy game. But when was the last Hmm. time this happened in the semifinals? And, Carl, what did you find? Uh, Well, I started by looking at Minhock, which goes back to 1998. And in that time, uh, found a couple five-goal games. Had uh, Faribault beating Delano in a 6A semifinal in 2006, 8-3. Found Holy Angels beating Burnsville seven to two in two thousand in a five double A game, but uh, didn't find any. So from there, I went to the Hill Murray website, which has records going back to nineteen seventy five. <clears throat> and there we found uh, you know a couple more five goal games. This is my favorite of them: Misabi East over International Falls six to one in nineteen ninety four, the seven A semi. Um, Stillwater over Park, who was a top seed in nineteen eighty four. In section three, eight to three, but uh, going all the way back to 1975, found zero instances of a number one seed being put in running time in the semis. Wow, you heard it here first on YHH. <laughs> That's pretty impressive research and pretty staggering stat. Now we talked prior to the show. Is this a big story? And I don't think it really is. 
I think I think it is in the sense that you know for nerds like Carl and I looking up stats like this, this is like an Elias Sports. Yes, stat. for sure it is. This is one of those things that is staggering and new. But I don't know anybody in the state that thought Hastings was going to win if they more from Hastings. You mean win the game or win the section? Win the game. I didn't think they would win the section. No. So so I wasn't surprised at all that they got beat. Was I surprised by the number of goals they got beat by? Yes. Yeah. This is classic, you know, backroom politics as the reason they got to be the number one seed. I Granted, Carl made a decent case for them last Sunday up in Duluth, why they should be the number one seed. We all knew deep, deep down the reality was it was going to be Lakeville, Lakeville in the finals. You can't tie Albert Lee. You can't see <laughs> South St. Paul in overtime and claim you're the number one seed. And think you're going to go to the X. It's just not going to happen. No. Especially after yeah, that. The night before, the night before you saw Lakeville South put a yeah. beating on Lakeville North. Well, control play. Control that game, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to be the result, but you saw Lakeville that. Lakeville South was not the four seed. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Carl, you were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, though, that the answer for the Lakevilles, if they don't like the seeding, is to actually play some other teams in 1AA. I mean, sure, they might be a slightly weaker opponent, but at the end of the day, the goal is to get to the state tournament. You know, suck it up and play one or two other teams in your section, even if they're not Lakevilles or Farmington. Or move Rosemount, Carl. Move Rosemount to Section 1. This is a discuss- This has been a discussion forever. The fact that they're not going to ever move more Metro teams in this in the into Section One AA. They're just not going to do it. They want Southern Minnesota representation. Anyways, moving on to the second half of this bracket: Rochester Century One, Lakeville North Four. No, Oatana. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oatana beat. I- Century. You can yeah, just read I'm, this on my website. It's right there. All those games from yesterday are all there. I've never been on your website. Stats. Never been on your website. Hot so. Players. There's a little hot take for every one of the games. You just go right there. It's all there. Yeah. Keep going, Danny. <laughs> okay. Secret out. I guess here. Uh, uh, so Lakeville South and Lakeville North will play in the section finals. Um, who do we got? I already, I already said I think Lakeville South's playing better hockey right now. Carl, Lakeville South. Uh, I, I agree. Think I had think them in the year. I think they're the more complete team too. Have been all year. Even though they lost the first meeting, if you look at their their schedule over the course of the season, they played top top teams better, the, the deeper team, and they should win. I I think it's still going to be a very close game, oh, yeah. Tony. I do because too. these have been one goals. One was an overtime game. You're at both games. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, I tend to mark that on my calendar to go to those games because I know what the section final is going to be. And you know one of them is going to be the state tournament, so you got to go watch them. Exactly. I think it's going to be Lakeville South as well um, just because they are playing better, more complete hockey. I think Carl just said it correctly there. Yep. They're playing better, more complete hockey. All right, let's move on to the surprise, surprise, surprise. So it, it was a little surprise, um, Holy Family upsetting Prior Lake to get into this. Jackson, what a game, by Jackson the way. Jackson Judding had a um, penalty shot with 7.4 seconds left, 
and missed it. And, and, and so, like, you don't get a better birth into the semifinals if you're Holy Family than that. And then probably the upset since Elk River in, what, 2001 or 2000, Carl? Uh, 2000. 2000. There'll be some other ones in there, but yeah. That's probably oh, as big as this upset, right? You mean the, yeah, the semis? You, you could throw in the, the Holy Angels upset, too. Yeah, Cretan, yeah, yeah yep. fair, fair. This is a defending state champion, though. But no, was undefeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> I was three minutes from that building and missed it. So, um, anyways, two to one in overtime. Holy Family wins this game. Uh, I just want to say that. So, um, if you yep. haven't heard, yep. um, over Minnetonka. So, I always choose poorly on <laughs> Section Saturday. I yeah. missed that Benilde game. I've missed the fight. I missed this one. You missed them all. <laughs> if something good's going to happen, Danny won't be there. Yeah, do not go, fall go every day. Yeah, go where Danny doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I caught a good game. I caught good hockey in 5AA, but not well, you that. Were, you were at the Holy Family EP game a couple years ago. That's a section final. No, it was semi. Oh, semi. Yeah, I chose you well. You that game. That was, was a good game. Yeah. But the upsets or the fights, I've always missed it. Okay, Be so. thankful you didn't see the fights. Those are that's bad. I can't stand that stuff. Okay. Anyways, let's go a little bit deep dive into this game just on what we've heard because none of us were at this yep. game. So it sounds like Lidkey got injured yep. in this game. Um, I think, Tony, you had a great take on this. With Without Bobby Brink, they are beatable. Mm-hmm. Without Josh Lidkey, they are average. <laughs> the, yeah. It, I think A nice team. A very good, a nice late conference. They're Wyzetta, basically. Yeah, they're, and they're a very good team. Basically, they're Wyzetta. Good hockey players, probably some Division One guys in there. But you take Litke off that team, they're just Wyzetta. Yeah. Um, Carl, what was your takes on Oway on this game? Sure. Well, I think we did a pretty decent job of setting this game up last week on the podcast. Uh, you were looking at Holy Family, say, okay, no, they've got a little momentum here. They have a Big revenge factor going into this game. They've got a great goalie. Huge. And, Minit- and Minnetonka, you know, they haven't been scoring that much. You know, sort of fun, you know, stagnating down the stretch. And so, like, the pieces were there. None of us quite had the, the guts to take the upset. But I think we all uh, had an inkling that this could happen. And sure enough, you know, once I saw it was 1-1 in the third period, it's like, this is going to happen. And sure enough. I, Carl, I didn't even have the guts to show up to the game. <laughs> well, that's your loss. Let's 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 put it that way. Uh, the result, it was staggering. And you got to, if, if you've seen the video of the game winning goal, it was pretty cool. These kids got their hearts ripped out last year yeah. at Mariucci. And to see, not all of them that were there, but to see them win that game and do the same back to Minnetonka. It was pretty neat from a from a reporter perspective. It was a pretty neat thing to see, and it's good for hockey, you know. Who, who's Holy Family's best win other than this, Tony? Who's their best win? Oh, their best win. Oh, yeah, so, oh you so, wrote this oh, down. I got it written down. I, I, I mean, run you on a question that you were right. Softballed me there. Yeah, I did a little research. You know, oh, you did research. research, guys, you know. Uh, I went back and looked. I mean, 
One thing that was interesting is they did have a good end of their season. They beat Cathedral and Stillwater in the final week of the season. Uh, they beat Norno, who's in the section final, should be in the state tournament. Uh, they beat Grand Rapids, and they also beat Greenway. That's that's it, you know. Not a lot of double-A wins, but uh, they got one, and all they need is one more, and they're going to the state tournament. So here's an interesting fun fact on Holy Family, okay? Pino, transfer. Yep. Played varsity somewhere else. Yep. Jorgensen, transfer. Played varsity somewhere else. Yeah. Huber, transferred. Played varsity somewhere else. Isn't that crazy? Spinner, transfer. <laughs> played varsity somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah. Those are four of their top players. Yeah. <laughs> and they all played varsity somewhere else before this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and so, or seasons. Season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's an interesting little tidbit on Holy Family this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think it's a good story. Because we talked about all summer, it was the year of the transfer. Yes. And, and this here. is where this is, you know, the year of the transfer has come true in this game. Talk about this one. What about A.J. Kittleson? He transferred from Holy Family to Minnetonka. Ooh. Talk Ooh. about awkward <laughs> last night in the handshake line. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. I mean, there's got to be at least one of those 20 guys from Holy Family going, ha, 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 you should have stayed here. Oh, you know, you know that. that had to happen at least once last night to Kittleson. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, flip side of the bracket. Down it's like the B side of, a, of an album, right? It's still, it's like the, you have Day Tripper and we can work it out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Number one hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But just different different sounds. Yes. Um, okay. Eden Prairie 7, Chaska 3. There was one empty netter in this game. EP scored quick. They knew that they – was. Talking they were to, down in this game. So I was talking to the, some EP kids because I walked into Braemar after the game was over for the Tonka Holy Family game because I had a drop – family member my mom's off at Braemar because we were traveling around to some games and the car was there i was yeah. like i gotta go into the lobby and hear what's going on um but then i was talking to jensen and smith um from ep and we were talking about this game they're like we knew we weren't going to score first but i was like but you also i it had a feeling that if you knew you could start to get ahead that you could run away with this one and they they agreed it, it just it had that type of feeling same as hockey for life. Whoever started to score and feel confident about it was going to run away with this game. Yeah, Brianna, the photographer, she came by and did some photo stuff with us. She goes, "Man, that was like a fast break basketball game. It just had this feel like it was just going to be goal after goal after mm-hmm. goal." Shane Lavelle was all over the ice. His feed was evident yesterday. I, this was a very, very fun game. It lived up to the hype in my book. The first period was a very, very good first period. And, I mean, think if you're a Chaska kid right now, you have to be kicking yourself. Right. Big time. <laughs> uh, Big time. Carl, what was your take on this game? Oh, yeah, I think this was a good display of Eden Prairie's uh, Well, first off, their depth and how they've developed over the course of the years. It seemed like a Drew Holt and Carter Batchelder both had some big games, at least looking at the, sport, at the score sheet. Um, Batchelder did had, have a good game. Carl yeah. Carter Batchelder had a very, mm-hmm. very good game. Sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but he really did. Yeah, and so I think that's a sign of how this team has developed over the course of the season. They have 
you know, well, well, Casca has the front end star power. Eden Prairie just has a few more of those players across the lineup, up and down. And so when this game turned into a track beat, they just had a few more more horses. Okay. Session final is set. First game at Mariucci. Holy Family, Eden Prairie. Carl, who do you have in this one? I have Eden Prairie for a lot of the same reasons I just discussed. I think they're just so much deeper than Holy Family. And, hope, and I have the finishers to get past uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, this Holy Family there. Okay, Tony. Hi. Eden Prairie. I mean, Lee knows how to win. He's got way deeper roster. Um, I think the only thing that the, the big if here is on a big ice sheet, right? Fewer goals scored on a big ice sheet, believe it or not. Like, oh, there's more room. Like, big ice sheet actually means less goals. Less goals. Goaltending, I've talked to, I'll never forget, it was Jack Robel actually told me once, because I love playing those big ice sheets. They're shooting from far away. I got better angles. It's way easier to play goaltending on, on a bigger sheet than as a smaller sheet. He goes, so I think, you know, they got the better goaltender. So fewer goals, better goaltender, that could lead to a win for Holy Family just based on that alone. You know, they're a defensive team. They'll chip the puck out and, and play for another day. Don't be surprised if Holy Family actually makes the state here. But if I have to pick, I'm picking just based on sheer numbers of of talented players. Eden Prairie's going to win. Just based on roster, I'm agreeing with that. I, it's just it it just looks too much like Eden Prairie. Could I see Holy Family winning? Yeah, you know, it, but it's going to be a low scoring game if they do. It's not going to be a shootout. No, if it gets to if Eden Prairie gets to three goals, it's over. Yes, because yeah. Holy Family's not going to score more than four on Eden Prairie. No, no chance. Okay, moving on to three double A St. Thomas Academy five Eastview one. Um, this was a pretty close game. I think through it was three rip after two, yep. which you know is pretty close in a section game. But I think St. Thomas just eventually took this one away. Um, empty net goal near the end. I'm pretty sure or power play goal. Yeah, they seem to be getting good balance scoring, you know, t- from two lines. Rob Christie didn't even have to participate basically yesterday. He had like one assist in the game. That's a good sign because you know yeah. he's the man, right? When when push comes to shove, Rob Christie's the man for for St. Thomas Academy. If he doesn't producing and you're still winning by four, three, four goals, that's a good sign for them. They've won 17 straight games. Yeah, this team is they're humming right now. They're playing their best hockey. Um I still think if you look at them on a you know grand picture thing, their D hasn't is not what used to be, you know, years past. I, they don't have Chase Foley this year. This forward depth that they have this year is some of the best. Um so I I like this team right now a lot. They will play Egan who was the winners Four to two over Rosemount. This was somewhat of an upset. Um, Carl, what's your take on this upset in this section? Yeah, I was surprised to see Egan. Uh, I think they, you know, it was a close game for a while, and they had a little flurry, and then scored three quick ones and went up four to one. Then Rosemount got one at the end to make it four to two. And you know, it's a, it's a good showing for Egan. Um, maybe not as deep as Rosemount. Don't have quite the depth, especially in back, but they've got a good top forward line. They play smart systems. Uh, so I'd say they're they're a long shot at St. Thomas given how well the cadets are playing right now, but it's, it's at least possible. 
I think that uh, Egan will have a great crowd. Yeah. Uh, if they, if you know anything about Egan hockey, this is it. I mean, the, this is the last. The train uh, after this class, there's nothing left. I mean, their youth program has not had any success. Their their peewees don't even play double A. Their bantams don't even play double A. There's not much there in the Egan youth program. If you want to see Egan in the state tournament or you're a big Egan guy, this is the year. And they got a great class. I mean, they're seniors. They have a deep, deep senior class, kids like Keegan Johnson who have had great youth careers and high school careers. Um, I think they can do it. I really do. I think they got a chance. I think the game's going to look a lot like last year's game at yeah. Braemar where ECU hung along, hung around really, really deep into the third period. I think it'll be that type of game. I I agree with that. And it is somewhat of a rivalry game between the two schools, even though they don't play each other on a regular basis. St. Thomas takes a lot of Egan kids just traditionally. Yeah. Uh, they're right next to each other for schools, you yep. know. And so they there's a lot of crossover between um, yeah. student sections. So I I would not be surprised. Well, look at uh, Myers. Uh, Johnny Myers' brother started at St. Thomas. Yeah. Left to to go to Egan. I mean, there's like there's crossover on these two rosters as well. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to you know yesterday. Uh, Derek Manzella had 39 saves in the win over over um, Rosemont. Rosemont. He can put up 39 saves against St. Thomas Academy. They might be going to state tournament. Yeah, normally I like to say that if St. Thomas is putting over 30 shots on net, they're having their game. Yep. Um, just under the Vanellis, you can kind of look at that. Run and gun, baby. That's how they play. Where St. Thomas has lost in sections when they were in 2009 and 2010 was on a strong goaltending performance by Monomedi. That can happen again yep. in this game. No doubt about it. But is anybody picking Egan in this one? No. Carl? No. 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 I I, I think this is St. Thomas's to lose. And it could happen. I, we we were saying my eyes 50, won't pop out if it happens. That's for sure. It was fifty fifty with Rosemont. I think it's seventy thirty now. Correct. Yep. So agreed. Before we slip into five double A, quick programming note on four double A. Here's some scores from the quarters. One was interesting. White Bear blew out Roseville seven to two. Stillwater beat Moundsview five three. I thought this was interesting. Woodbury killed Irondale nine to three. Murdered. Murdered them. But the one that really started to get us to started making re- <laughs> you were refreshing your Twitter screen yesterday. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh, Hill Murray won, but Hill Murray three, Tartan two in overtime. Crisis averted by the Pioneers. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for them in the Stillwater matchup. I still think they're going to win that one, um, but that's really testy. On the flip side of the bracket, Carl, you had Woodbury, and you were pretty yep. strong on Woodbury, too. Do you think Woodbury has the chance? Yeah. Well, Ian, they gave White Bear two very good games over the course of the regular season. So, you know, I'm not very high on anyone in this section right now. You know, Hill's not playing particularly well. Stillwater barely beat Moundsview. White Bear, you know, I think on the on paper they're the best team in this section, but they've struggled with Woodbury and just White Bear Lake infections, so... I don't, I don't know who to like here. One of these four teams has to go to the state tournament. None of right. them deserves yeah. to go to the state tournament at this point. They're not playing good enough hockey to no. play that way. No, I don't think so. Uh, the White Bear Woodbury game might be interesting to go watch. 
That uh, might be interesting. I'm mad I'm out of town on Monday and Tuesday not to see this. <laughs> that might be interesting to watch. So, um, Woodbury's 9-3 over Arndale raises major red flags if you're a, if you're a white bear fan. Major red flags. <laughs> I don't care because you talk to your, your standard white bear fan. Oh, we all shot him. We all I'm like, hey, they're close games. Close games and playoffs get don't bode well so, for you. No, it's just <laughs> it's that's a really interesting game. Both those games are pretty interesting. I wish we could they were played yesterday. That'd be a lot more interesting. But okay, that's well, the way it goes. Well, of the four, Tony, who do you see coming out of this section? I picked White Bear. I'm sticking with White Bear. Although Wes Bowen is a heck of a hockey coach at Woodbury, I wouldn't put anything past him of beating White Bear. So I, I'm going. I'm still sticking White Bear. Hill Murray Stillwater. Not sure. I just not sold on either one of them yet. Carl, I'm gonna reach into my hat here and pull out the piece of paper that says Stillwater. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> wow. Weird. Oh, you pulled you pulled the name out of a hat. That's yep. about as that's about all you that's your that's about as good as you're gonna get. I had a sidebar. I had a, a Stillwater dad sent me an email this week about his a younger son. You can probably do the math who this might be about playing in some stuff. And he goes, man, do you think our team has a chance? We've just been so inconsistent. If the right team, he said, if the right team can show up for two games, we can go to state. And I agree. Yeah. Totally agree with him. Um, I'll go Hill-Murray based on tradition. I, I think the roster is more, like, just more stars on that roster. Yeah, they have the most talent, front-end talent. Yeah. It, it's just I don't know, but way too early to tell. Way and, too early. I don't know if they'll get by Stillwater. I think they will, but I don't know. If well, they the will. thing is, we're, you're predicting who's going to win the section, and we don't even know who's won the section semi yet. Yeah, because I think this all these two games can go in a million and, different directions. Yeah, so Hill's my pick, but I'm sticking to that, and I and, don't know. It's I'm I didn't get any more clear this weekend. No. no. <laughs> uh, Blaine Blank's Centennial Five rip yesterday. Do you want to leave five the show? Or do you want oh, to? sorry, sorry. I, I got it right here. Yeah, because you wrote a story. We got a that early. Story about it. You know, it's got hot takes. Got some pretty pictures in there. You know, you want to go check it out? Feel free. Okay, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. Like anyway, I'll handle this. So, um, so Blaine Five Centennial nothing. That was kind of as predicted. I think, mm -hmm. in this one. So let's move down to the bottom side. Champlain Park 2, Maple Grove 4. Maple Grove dominated in play on this one. Kyle Kukinen had two of the most prettiest goals um, that I've ever seen. We'll ask Brendan Boynton about those. <laughs> or at least I will. I'll try it. I'll try it. How did it feel, it's Brendan, when Kyle sniped you like twice? No, one was so good. So Kyle was close in shot the puck, bounced off the uh, blockers, picked the puck up, and this is a foot off of the crease, one top shelf on him. Yeah. And then the other one, he's coming in just at the bottom of the circle, top shelf, Boyden couldn't even move. It was just like, it was like, oh, my. Like, it it was, this kid is good, this type of moment. Yeah, yeah, Boynton had Forty-six saves yesterday. Maple Grove was missing a couple players, though. Did you hear that? No, tell me more. A uh, couple players do a couple different things. So injuries or suspensions? 
And will they be gone for the rest of the playoffs? I don't know if that means that they're if they're not injured. There's two. It's a two-game thing, so they missed game one and game two, kind of thing. Yeah, that's what it sounded so they'll like. They'll be back for the blame game. Maybe they sit them anyway, just like hey, you teach them a lesson. Yeah. So, um, just keep that in off mind. air. You'll tell me who those players are on air. It's not necessary to talk about, right? I may forget names too. Okay, good. So, um, anyways, it's just worth noting yep. um, as we predict the session final in this one, which is. Probably one the most juicy section mm-hmm. final in the metro. Yeah, I agree. This is a this is a good one. Okay, uh, who wants to go first on this one? Um, I'll go. I I think that Blaine is the better team. Um, I said it in my story that Blaine is playing at a different level than Maple Grove, and evidence a couple weeks ago when they beat them in their rink. So I'm sticking with that. And this game is not played on Olympic size ice. No. That game was. Yep. Carl? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Blaine, too. I heard from some people who were at this game yesterday, and they were very impressed by how the Bengals looked. You know, they just overwhelmed Centennial. Um, they've got some serious front end talent on that top line. They're getting good uh, um, zone time out of their, their, their lower lines. They seem to be clicking on all cylinders right now and suddenly looking very good for a two-seed at state. I still think that this is a 60-40 type of game. True. True, but I, I like Blaine, too. This team is very thick. I like, they're big players. I think it's going to come down to more goaltending. I like Daninger better right now. Yeah, I mean, Winicky's just young. He's you know? a sophomore, right? Yeah. I mean, Daninger's a senior, three-year starter. Yeah. I, you have to look at goaltending sometimes and uh, you know when you have nothing else to look at because both teams are very good offensively. Right, right, right. Okay, moving on to you saw both of these games yesterday. A period of one of them. Okay, that right. was the Edina two, um, Edina four, Blake two. Thanks for not correcting me, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw the last period of this one, kind of as close as I thought it would be. I was at the Blake Creighton game earlier in this week, and Blake has a very good squad if they stick around. Yeah, they will. That's going to be a good team next year. That's going to be a very good team next year. I still think Benilde's the best team next, coming back next year. We talk about this all the time, but I think yeah. that's the best team next year. Well, talking about Benilde, um, they beat Wyzetta 3-2. to two. There was some a little bit of news and nuggets on this one. There was a disallowed goal after it was called because the net was off. And that was for Benilde or against Benilde? I think that was for Wyzetta. For Wyzetta. Yeah. yeah. And, and so... Um, but why is that a pesky team? They just stick around. That's you know. So we saw that was probably going to happen. This was a good game throughout. But Benilde has more of the. They have scores. Yeah. They, I don't know. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about the section final now? Yeah. Um, section final. Benilde runs five D on Olympic size ice. They carry three goaltenders. Yeah. That scares me. Why? Why? Oh, they're good? <laughs> That's a lot of ice and a lot of ice time. Well, I don't think that scares me half as much as Edina's ability to score at will. And, you know, usually they, they score when they need to, and then they just bottle you up defensively. You know, Blake, virtually they got a goal with a power play goal with like 30 seconds left to make it forward to. Yeah. Edina's like a racehorse. Once they get the four, they just kind of, you know, 
tune it back. You know, I, I don't think this game will be close. I think Edina will get up big. They'll get up 3 4 nothing, and then this game will be over. It's going to have zone D from Edina, and they're just going to keep everybody for Benilde in their lane. I see that happening. Again, just like the Wyzetta game two years ago, if Benilde can score first or make it a one nothing game, if they can keep it to one goal or less lead after one, then it's an interesting game. If not, and we saw it last year in the section final, what, what Edina did to Wyzetta, I think that's we're going to see a repeat of that, just red and white uniforms versus blue and gold. Carl? Yeah, I think for Benilde to have any hope, they need to hang back, bottle up the neutral zone, get some things going in transition. That's usually Benilde's best hockey when they're playing well in transition like that. Uh, outside shot, but it's, it's hard to argue against the way the Hornets are playing right now. The most predictable of all the section finals. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Edina coming out of that one. Okay. Um, so we got seven double A. Now, Carl, you are at all of these. I'm going to take my pillow and blanket and tell you just go, and uh, once you wake me up from the slumber, I'll, we'll get taken away. Once you say more heads, then we'll wake yeah, back up. Yeah, we'll wake up. <laughs> these were snoozers. Keep going. Yep. Yep, so it was a it was a long day at Amsoil yesterday, and uh, you know, all, all four games that I saw, 7AA and 7A, you know, in the first game, or the first period, you know, it seemed like it was a decent game. It was always a one-goal game. You know, the lower seed was sticking around. And then in the second period, the, the favored team, not necessarily the lower seed because Greenway won too, but the favored team just, you know, took it to the, the other team and buried them. And Andover really overpowered Elk River, which was no great surprise, winning 8, eight nothing there. And, and Duluth East Cloquet, as we figured it would be, was a more entertaining game. Um, Cloquet came out really well in the first 10 minutes or so, really had East bottled up, but then East got, a, I think, a killer goal from Ricky Lyle late in the first, and then... Yeah, like 16 seconds left in the period. Yeah. Then went up 2 nothing. then Cloquet started clawing back, got, got a goal, it was 2-1, they you know, got a power play, but then East scored shorthanded twice on that power play, and that, this was really East stars coming to play. Ryder Donovan had a huge game for East. I, I'm not sure there's a more dangerous shorthanded player in the state than Ryder. Um, he set up Ricky Lyle's first goal shorthanded, then scored the second one himself. And uh, after that, he's just locked down and was in <clears throat> a strong defensive mode and had themselves a, a, a date with Andover on Thursday. Well, when when Ryder scored on that snipe from inside the blue line, did you feel the air go out of yep. the fans? And yeah, you, you could it was see over. It. Like, it was like, yeah, this game, this game's over. Yep. <laughs> Well, I literally kind of tuned out after that. I was watching that game and keeping on with the article and everything else, and I was like, well, it's over. <laughs> it's over. And he was just spectacular yesterday. It was fun to watch. Yeah, fun to watch him blow up. Okay. So it's the final that we've all kind of expected throughout uh, through the whole year. We were at – the Carl and I were at the first one. I forget where you were at, Tony. I was in a lumberjack cup. Yes, Stillwater. That's, that's where. Um, um, so, Andover Duluth East. Carl, you want to take away the first, you know, kind of summary what you're going to see in this one? Sure. Well, I think it's on paper a very even game. I think we saw it in the first meeting. Was, uh, both teams are back and forth. Had each team had you know occasional periods where they carried play, but it was just very very even. Andover certainly has more speed. Um, I think they're, they're deeper on the back end, but I think East has brought the physical play in in more recent weeks. They're 
on sort of a, a small few device at Amsoil can help can try to bottle up Andover there. Um, it'll it'll be a, a heavyweight fight to the end, and you know, we'll see who can pull it out at Amsoil. So this is you know we've had I think six straight years of one goal section finals at, at Amsoil, and I see no reason this one should be any different. I'd like to do some. We spent some time researching the you know the last nine or ten years uh, of this section game. They always are just dramatic, unbelievable finishes. I don't think this one's going to be any different either. No, I, I think this one will be fun the rest of the way. Who's going to play goaltender for East Carl? Because who played goaltender in the first matchup? It's it's Brody Raybould, who was in goal in, in that game and has been in the playoffs for East. He'll continue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Carl, who do you see coming out? Ah, I can't think against East. It's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so you wore a Denfeld jersey last night. I always saw that. <laughs> All for you, Daddy. All for you. <laughs> Yay, my Denfeld jersey. Oh, he got you a Denfeld jersey. Louis your... St. George mm. got me a Denfeld oh, jersey. Oh, and, and Carl modeled it. Yes, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I need to know what it's a phenomenal Denfeld jersey. I thought it was pretty cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, who do you have? Uh, I said Andover. I'm sticking with Andover. I just think that you could take all the mystique of Amsoil, the north, the metro, the north, all that stuff. I think you could just kind of throw it all in the trash. I just think that Andover's a better team. I watched both teams yesterday, both games yesterday, Andover with the four-line barrage. You can be the best coach in the world. It doesn't. You can't stop what they what they put out there. They have great goaltending. They have the be, they have the better of the two goaltenders. Yeah. They get the better of the two key cores. They get the better of the two. They have the better of everything. On paper, Andover wins this hockey game, but then again, it is Amsoil. <laughs> even in go... Andover, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even in Andover, this was a good game. Yeah. Yep. That probably would have gone to a tie. Mm-hmm. Because it was getting there pretty close. Yep. I'm going to go with East. I trust Carl on this. You know, Carl, uh, I believe when Carl, you know, believes in East. Let's put it that way. And so I, I'm just going to have to go with that and go with my gut that says that's the way it's going to go. I appreciate your faith. That's exactly how we thought preseason this would so, go. So just really quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna so well let's do eight double A and then I'll I'll read off our preseason picks and we're actually staying pretty close true to our picks. Go ahead, talk a little bit about the Moorhead and the Brainerd victories. Okay, so Moorhead wins three to zero over Buffalo. I saw Buffalo play in their St. Michael game. Buffalo was a good squad, very very good yeah. squad. Um, and so. You know, I think hats off to Brasini and Mueller and um, them there, but that was a great, great team that they had this year. Brainerd wins 4-2 to two over Rozo. Um, I think this really comes down to Rozo playing to who they are playing against, right, Carl? Yeah, it seems to be the theme this year. And, you know, they outshot Brainerd. It seemed like they were creating chances, but just couldn't get it to finish. And Brainerd, the somewhat you know, deeper team, pulled it out. Yeah, and so okay, Tony, you want to you're standing up and you're kind of over my shoulders. So what what do you want to point out? To the rest no, of the I wanted to, let's talk about let's make our pick first, okay. and, then, and then I'll go over our preseason picks. Um, I I wrote this in my article that you haven't read yet, Danny. I won't. 
Um, everybody, there's two things that if I'm a, a Moorhead fan, player, coach, that make me really, really nervous about Brainerd. Brainerd's loose. You've seen the diamond cutters. They had a diamond cutter yesterday. They're a loose bunch. They had nothing to lose. They got a lot of seniors on their team. And guess what? They haven't beaten Moorhead this year. Yeah. I think great I, head coach, too. Oh, great head coach who, who's been there before, who's yep. done this before, and they've never been to the state tournament. And there's just something about hungry, hungry. This is a hungry group. They're a loose group. I think if, if there was ever going to be a team from Brainerd that's going to make it to the X, this is the team. Why not us? Why not now? Why not? Why not? I'm not picking them, but I think I would be really ecstatic. It would be great for hockey. It'd be great for the, the whole state to have Brainerd in the state tournament. You saw their girls last night run out of gas in the state final. Yep. It was pretty yeah. interesting. I, I would, I'd love to see uh, Brainerd make it, but I'm picking Moorhead. Wouldn't it be cool if Brainerd boys played Edina boys? <laughs> I'm not sure that Brainerd boys could keep it as close as the Brainerd <laughs> girls did last night. How's that? That my Dinah team is really good. All right, let's talk preseason picks. I have our double A preseason Wait, pick. Can we here. say who we, I'm picking? Oh, more. Sorry, I picked Morehead. I'm picking Morehead. I think Carl. We're the spuds. Yep, Spuds. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to just remind you, Carl. Preseason, you picked. You picked Brainerd. Brainerd. I did. Yep. Yep. You did. I was the only one to pick Moorhead. Danny, you had Rozo. Um, wow, Danny wow. and Carl both had Duluth East. I picked Andover. So we're sticking true to our pick. Are you taking East or Andover? I didn't catch that one. East. You are going East. Okay. We all have Edina. We've gooched the uh, Hornets in 6AA. Uh, I picked Blaine. Uh, Carl and Danny both picked Maple Grove in 5AA. We all mm. gooched Hill Murray in four double A. I've changed Oops. my points. Uh Saint Thomas I had you had Rosemount Carl. Your team is out of the playoffs. You have Saint Thomas, obviously, Danny. We all picked Minnetonka. And then I picked Lakeville South and both you guys picked Lakeville North. I'm not mad at my picks though. No. no. I'm not either. I'm not either. Oh, fine. All right, we ready to switch gears to Class A? Yeah, let's um, let's do that. First, Roll Tony. right in. Let's talk a little bit about our sponsor, the Red and Black Leagues. Huge shout-out to them for their support this year. Red and Black Leagues has their tryouts coming up in March, March 9th and 10th. Go to redandblackleagues.com, uh, get signed up for their tryouts. Uh, talk to Joe Pancrantz this week. He's like, hey, our sign-ups are for our tryouts are filling up really fast. You could give it a quick plug on the show. It'd be greatly appreciated. Great league for the spring. Come and check it out. Uh, some good hockey too. I always like to go to the championship games or the playoffs uh, in the spring over in Richfield. Uh, Red and black leagues.com are well, ready to go. Championship games always vary location. Oh yeah. yeah. It's never in the same spot. <laughs> I remember that clearly. We were <laughs> yeah. talking about that last year. Yes. It's sometimes it's Eden Prairie. Sometimes it's Richfield. You know, Brian Hansen runs the Orno rink. Don't be surprised if it ends up in Orno <laughs> sometime soon. So, all right, uh, let's move on to Class A. 1A didn't play yesterday, so we don't have to talk about that. There were, but we'll, t- we'll do this as the same as 4AA. Yeah, 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 that's fine. There's, so. there's, there are two semifinals that got moved due to blizzard conditions to Monday night. Yep, 
So you have Mankato East playing Rochester Lords and Albert Lee playing Minnesota River. Um, anybody switching what they picked? or No, nope. wanna... I'm sticking with what I got there. I got Minnesota River to win this section. Carl? Yeah, I'll stick with uh, Eastern River, which is what I had before. I, I went with the upset of Albert Lee. I don't know if that will happen, but I'm just, I'll stick to it um, on this one. Though it looks like Mankato East had the biggest win out of any of these in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, this one should might go the same way as 3A. Where the lower seeds win? Might. It very well could. Might. Very well could. Uh, okay, let's move on to a section that has kind of um, wrapped up in more or less. 2A, uh, Orono uh, with the 6-1 to victory over Breck. I think we all saw that one coming on that top side of the bracket. Yeah, Nick Mose Messerly. Have you ever heard of this guy? Two goals and two assists yesterday. No, I've never heard. Crazy. That's pretty cool. Big game for him. Yeah, real big game. Bottom side of the bracket, I predicted Minneapolis, and I think you did as well, Tony, um, in that game. I know. I had Southwest Christian winning this section. Well, that did not go your way. No. <laughs> is riding a heater uh, yeah. right now. And so um, they beat uh, Minneapolis 3-rip, yep. and they look really, really hot right now. Yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, – that's a that's a two empty net goal game. So it was a pr- much closer game than the score appears. But they're still riding a hot streak. Oh oh yeah, no question about it. Um, I, I wanted to make a quick statement about this. On the show last week, we talked about how wide open this section was. Any team could win. All these, you know, number one versus number two. So much for being <laughs> wide open. Well, Stupid how that happens. <laughs> um, okay. Orono versus Delano. Carl, what do you got? It's an interesting game because Delano did beat Orono in the last week of the season, 3-2. They scraped one out, but at the same time, Orono did outshoot Delano significantly in that game. I think the, the deeper team, the stronger team should win, but it's a good you know, competitive rivalry game, and you could see this going either way. This is a, a coin flipper. This is a 50-50 game. Um I, I I have no idea who's going to win this game. I don't have no. I don't even have a sneaking suspicion who's going to win this game. I'm going to go with the team that's been there before, last year, and with returning players. Yeah, Delano was there two years ago. Yeah, but the <laughs> the core of that Delano team is gone. I know. Agreed. Agreed. And, and the best player that they had left, you know, really right. in, on the forward side, doesn't play for the school anymore. I know. So I know. I'm going to go Orno. Tony, uh, who'd you take, Carl? I took Arno. I'm going to go Delano just to be different. Well, we know you like to be different. I like to be different. Talk about different. Um, that is oh, the wow. definition of 3A. Oh. This one went pear shape on us real quick. Um, Marshall lost to Hutchinson, the five seed in overtime. This section always has a way of just humbleizing anybody who likes to predict it. I, I listened that's, to this game. Yesterday. That's a fun new word. <laughs> yeah. Humbleize. Humbleize. <laughs> I, I do like that word. I'm going to use that someday. <laughs> uh, I listened to this game yesterday. Just So Marshall was kind of clawing the whole game, trying to keep up with Hutchinson. They finally tied it. Um, and then they get to overtime, and they win it. I don't know if you saw my tweet or not. They H- win it. Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. 
Marshall no. wins it. Beats, I mean, right legit now. goal, and they disallow the goal. They they must have talked for 12 minutes. I mean, the ice probably melted. It took so long. What, why they, could, they could have resurfaced between after the goal. It took so long. Do you know why it was? I, I don't know. They showed video of it. The Marshall broadcasters were not very happy. Uh, they were very <laughs> homerous. It was pretty good. But anyway, long story short, they had disallowed the goal, and 15 seconds later, Hutchinson. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it was painful. Oh, painful, painful it, day that for Marshall. Get worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So uh, and Hayden Jensen gets the game winner in overtime. So it, it would have been nice to see Marshall in the tournament. Just a yeah, state playing score. Yeah, you know, cool uniforms. But Hutch's got a good uniform too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we've seen New Ulm, we've seen Hutch, we've seen these two teams already. David Romulo's got their photos, so I'm excited for them. I think New Ulm being Lich is just as big upset. Yeah. So New Ulm two, Litchfield, Dasso, Cocado. One, um, yeah, I did not see this one coming either. Mm-mm. Um, they got a senior goaltender, Jack Graham, had 33 saves yesterday. That's really not that many saves, though. Uh, yeah, in a two-to-one game, it's kind of defensive battle, you know? I don't know. It's just... Lich outshot him pretty heavily. Couldn't get it one past kind of thing. Yeah. Ugh. But anyways, Hutch knew all. I know Ooh. less than less on this one. <laughs> well, I know. Um, I, I've got their their regular season game open here. It was a four to three New Ulm win, so very yep. tight game. Shots were twenty six twenty two, so very even. So yeah. probably a, they're right next to each other in page staff too. So don't think there's any yeah. reason to not expect a very tight game. Yeah, that game was on January twenty fourth. The the four to three win for for New Ulm. I. I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with New Ulm on this. Just just cause. Who who won the first one, Carl? New Ulm. New Ulm. New Ulm. Four okay. to three. Okay, Carl. Uh, I guess I'll take New Ulm too. Really, really, really confident in that pick. <laughs> I'll pick. I'll do the Tony, and I'll pick against just you guys. to be different. Just right? to be different. Yeah, but I like it. I really. This could go either way, or it could go running time, or it could do something weird, but I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend I know either of these two teams. Right, right. So, next game, Chisago monticello No. There's a – you go from three to um, five very quickly there, Tony. Oh, we, we, I know, but there's no four. Um, but we talk about – Okay, go ahead. Fine. Talk about it. <laughs> they didn't play yesterday. Yes, um, to Tony's announcement, they did not play yesterday. But Totino will play St. Paul Academy and um, South St. Paul with the upset over Northfield. Or, yeah, over Northfield yeah. will play Matamidi, um for the section final. Does anybody want to change their picks? No. Who do you have? Totino. Carl? I have Matamidi. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking – I'll stick with Matamidi as well. Um, I don't think either of those teams that advance will threaten um, the top seed. Nope. Still one of the best section finals probably in the state yeah. for Class A. Um, it's just a shame that we can't you know, fully predict it, but I would say Totino, Matamidi, you're saying goaltending is the difference? Yes. I think depth across the board is going to make the difference in this one. Carl, what do you say? Yeah, I'm, as always, a pretty big proponent of depth, so going with the Zephyrs. 
but Totino won this first matchup five to one, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it kind of got away. It was a close game, and then it just got away from him. Yeah, so um, definitely should be if you can't get a ticket for the Aldrich game because I'm pretty sure go to Roseville. Go to Roseville because you're be not just as good a game. Yeah, you're not going to miss out. Um, okay, five A. You ready oh, for oh, this now? Oh yeah, I'm ready. You've I'm been ready. ready. Um, okay. Oh, it's just such a funny story. That's why it's the, the, the Chicago Monticello game is such a funny story. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, so the Chicago Lakes three, Monticello two, um, did not, I said Pine City. I went with the upset. I think, um, I had Pine City going to state. Oh, that's the one of us got that game, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so Chicago beat, beat, they're the five seed beat four Pine City. They go to Monticello, beat Monticello. No, they had a pretty good week. Was Chicago the four or the five seed? They were the five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pine was the four because it was played at Pine City. Uh, okay, yep. Um, so, I didn't see Monticello losing this game. I saw them at the end of the season. I thought they were a pretty strong team. especially. You at became the end. buddies with some of those Monticello guys. What's yeah. their, what's their good excuse going to be next when you see them? I have no idea, but if they find me during the tournament... They I'm were gonna... making up excuses for some of their losses, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. I remember that. They no excuse losing the Chicago guys. Not, no excuse. Not at this point in the season. I mean, you... You guys were the clear number one seed the whole season, and I think the whole section knew that, too. Everybody was chasing you, and you didn't make it to the section finals, and that's going to raise a couple question marks for us. So we had a guy covering the uh, tournament, covering this game for us, and uh, there's no score sheet. Yeah. So I asked him I, I, on, on my article, Danny, I put the, oh, the top put an article scores. Together. I put the article of all the teams, all oh, the games. Okay. Oh, he good. sent some oh. nice pictures. You do 10 minutes with Tony Scott, too? Is that yeah, you? Yeah, that's me. I'm okay. on that show. Okay, so cool. cool. Another, another part of the program you don't watch. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, so I asked him, I go, hey, you got a score sheet for that game? It's not on the hub. And he goes, the scorer from Monticello was so mad after the game, he walked out and took the sheet with him. So us pressers couldn't. <laughs> Take a picture. Of it. Take a picture of it. So we don't really know. I've kind of pieced together that a kid named Tucker Bakken had a goal for for Chicago, and we know the goaltender had 24 saves because the shots were on the scoreboard. Brooke <laughs> Stangle, but that's all I can tell you statistically from this game. Yeah, good win well, though for Chicago. Very good win. I think they, I think they can win the whole thing. Okay. Moving down to the bottom side of the bracket, North Branch with a pretty good win over Princeton, three to one. Um, I thought Princeton was going to come out of this game too. I I had liked um, some of their scores throughout the season, but North Branch, you know, they're rolling. They got some skill. They definitely have some skill on this team. Imagine if they had a six five forward on their team. <laughs> yeah. Who just got traded in the USHL? Yeah. Anyways, that that could have been a real dream season for them, but. It makes sense. No, um, no hard shots taken at Brady Meyer there. No, no. Um, okay, section final: Chicago versus North Branch. This, this section this final game. because this it, is a good game. This is a really yeah. good game. This will be really interesting game. We've been talking about this one all season. That this section anybody could really come out of, and it's kind of proven that way with the section final being a. Uh, Five seed versus a two seed. Two seed, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that 
Chicago's playing better. Obviously, the last two games, it's proven out that they're playing better hockey. But again, you got to go with the fact that North Branch doesn't have its own rink, right? They don't have. There's no building in North Branch for them to play hockey in. They share ice, right? They've never yep. been to the state tournament. There's just something there that this is a great story. I I want North Branch to win it. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm going to pick North Branch. Um, but I think Chicago is playing better hockey right now. Carl? Yeah, you know, looking at their, these teams, two regular season meetings, they, they split them. <clears throat> and actually the team that outshot the other team lost each of those two games. So that's no good guide. Uh, so I think they're two very even teams. I agree Chicago is playing a little better, so I guess I'll lean to Chicago. But, I mean, this is a pop-up game. Jake Turk had 35 saves yesterday for, for North Branch against okay. Princeton. Stangle had uh, 33 saves for – no, 24 saves for Chicago. That, that tells you that Chicago is playing a little bit better yeah. in, the, in the shot category. Like I said, I just think there's something about the fact that, you know, nobody believes in us. Our town doesn't even believe in us to build us a rink. It's us versus the world. I think there's something to that, and I think that uh, North Branch can make the state. Yeah, Olympic-sized ice, too. Yeah. <laughs> And so, look, not an Olympic-sized lobby, but an Olympic-sized ice. ice. And, and Every time. For, for this session, <laughs> we'll just Every let Tony time. Peter out here for like two seconds. Uh, so, Poor Elk River. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the two-seed in this one. And two-seed depth, probably better than five-seed depth. But that's just really a stretch there. Yeah. And the goaltender, like you said, played better possibly good for North Ranch as well. I'm going to go Vikings on this one, but it's really 50-50, especially when you throw this one on Olympic. I agree. I okay, agree. moving to six. Ooh! That one got interesting. Yes, yes, very, very interesting. Both blowouts. Both blowouts, which was not predicted on one side. St. Cloud Cathedral, six. River Lakes, zero. And Alex Five and Sartell St. Stephen's zero, which was a little surprising. A little bit, yeah. I yeah. didn't see that. That was a one-goal game in season, so that was surprising. Carl, what is your take so far on this section? Well, I'm impressed by Alexandria's win there. Obviously, they're coming on strong at the end of the season here, uh, and they did it last year. So even though Cathedral is probably the second-best team talent-wise in the state, and Nate Warmer apparently is back, um, Oof, this is a toss-up game. <laughs> Once again, I think I'm leading Cathedral because I think they're I've got a little more, especially in the depth and the things. But uh, again, I would not be surprised to see Alex defend his title. Uh, programming note: Tommy Kupich was at the game last night, shooting both shot both games, and he said that uh, Ben Doherty was shaken up quite a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw that. So hard to say how healthy he'll be for that game. I think they're going to be just – I bet he'll play, you know, and and like Nate Warner, I mean, he's not 100% either yeah. right now. So, I, again, this is a flip of a coin game, uh, as I wrote in my article. 3-2 to two last year in the finals, Alex wins an OT. 3-2 to two this year, Cathedral wins an OT. It's going to be just like a Lakeville South, Lakeville North game, you know. You never know. It's going to come down to the last – you know, I I still stand, last minute game. 
I stand thing. by my take that we had when we were leaving this game in season, Tony. Yeah. That either this game's going to be really close, or it's going to be a blowout for, for Cathedral. Cathedral. Yeah. It, it, I I like Cathedral a lot. I've seen them a fair bit this year too. It won't. You had a exclamation point in your eyes. No, but speaking of that, two years ago, last season at uh, Alexandria, Cathedral blew them out. It's like seven to one. Yeah, it's gonna look like it could look like that. It could look like that. For that, I'm gonna go with Cathedral. They're my state champions right now in Class A. God, okay. such a St. Thomas guy. Just don't. Why? You just don't like Hermantown. You know, they're so much better than everybody else. Took them to overtime. So much better without Nate Warner. Okay, all right. I was there. Where okay. were you? Where were you? I was probably running the tournament. Probably <laughs> spectacular, I think, that, was that weekend. Like that January twentieth ish from where they games blend together. Yeah, they kinda of blend. You know, when you, when you go to seventy something, yeah. yeah. Seventy four. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh okay. Seven A. Um Can we just cruise by seven A? I mean <laughs> I just don't think anyone's gonna beat Hermantown. Hermantown no 9, Virginia slaughtered at 1. Jeez. Oh, um, Greenway Oof. 6, Denfeld 2. Carl, do you want to talk about any of these games? I know you were there, but... Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'll give credit to Greenway for how they came out. Uh, they certainly looked much stronger than last time I'd seen them. Uh, great puck movement. Both the, most of their lines that they play regularly were looking pretty well, so they turned out, uh, made up for that loss to Denfeld earlier in the season, so... You know, it's uh, very, very outside shot that they could, you know, stick around and make things interesting like they did last year. But, you know, I feel like with, with Hermantown, the mental war is half the problem right now. You, need, you see these teams that, you know, come in to, to play them, and then once a goal or two goes in, it, the, the wheels just fall off the bus. And that's what Greenway will have to resist to have any hope. But you know, the Hawks are just so good. Um, is Greenway 100% healthy? They are. Okay. That's of note, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think Hermantown, we're all in agreement here, should come out of this pretty easily. Yep. Tony, yeah, editing think. his article, if you're wondering, Carl. That's I went silent on you guys. Just to edit his article. <laughs> Did you know he has an article? I got an article. Got an I'm going to read my oh. take on Greenway. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm okay. going to read it straight from the article. Thank you. So you're giving people like a little a little taste, a little tease, sneak peek. Now we don't, now we don't have to read it. Yeah, now we don't have to read it because this seems to be the best portion. Here we go. The Raiders looked good tonight against Denfeld, a good A team. They will have to be perfect on Wednesday to beat Hermantown, who would be a top 10 double A team. They have the horses to run with Hermantown, but can they go the distance? Really, and I did write it. Dragging out man. the platitudes, there, Tony. I said, "Man, was that cheesy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you write thirty of these things, you just go. Yeah. Send <sighs> over, but that's kind of the gist of it. I just don't think they have the. I don't think they have a three-period game. Mm-mm. I don't think so. They could make it good for two periods. They could. Yeah. They really could. But hard, I would. Hard to do it with two lines. Okay. Here's a question. Greenway upsets them. Is that bigger than the Holy Family upset? Yeah. Just because yeah. of the history there. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm just asking. I, it's worth yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Hermantown's level of dominance over Class A is so much more than Minnetonka's over Double A for the past two yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. So, just want to. Um, That's a good question, though. Yeah. Okay, moving on to eight. We're almost there. Hey. East Grand Forks with the four rip victory over Detroit Lakes, and then in double overtime, War Road over Thief River Falls. Which a game which was not played at Thief River Falls, which was played at East Grand Force, which was confusing for the Pine City Boys. <laughs> I asked him where he was going in a text string, and he says, I'm going to Thief. And I'm like, well, they're playing in East Grand. Like, oh, that's good to know. Thanks. I'm going to East Grand. I'm going to East uh, Grand. Better, better turn right here. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord, that was funny. <laughs> Recalculating. <laughs> Jared. Rerouting. Jared. Rerouting. No. <laughs> that was classic. Classic. Uh, but anyways, a really good win by War Road there. Yeah, Owen Meeker had both games. Yep. Both uh, goals in the game. Both games, yep. Well, know. actually, there were both games for the Meeker family, his sister played earlier in the day and lost in the state final to Breck. In the upset. Big, eh, mini upset. Yeah. Yeah. One mini. team was undefeated and that team had beat beaten Breck in regular season. Two years in a row it's happened to the world. Disappointing. But Warroad, a little bit more of an inconsistent team. That's exactly I, what I've been calling them all year. Then, um, and it's very the, inconsistent of them to be, to win yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Inconsistent World. Okay. Can they consistent? <laughs> can they string another game together? No, they're not. Although they just beat them, but they beat them at the Gardens on, on Olympic sheets. It's a much different hockey game. Playing East Grand in East Grand for the title, this is East Grand's to lose. Carl? Yeah. I mean, even though you know, it's tempting to pick the, the unpredictable team here, East Grand's just been so reliable. Um, it seems like they've been in, in complete lockdown mode in their first two second playoff games. And you know, shots were seventy-two to one in the quarterfinal. If you saw that, so I think they're in, in good shape. Yeah, I'm going to go East Grand as well. Though I would love to see the Warriors in the state. That would make my tournament. If I see in the jersey, the jersey, the band is really fun too. The whole thing, the whole world. You don't have to. You don't have to sell me on world. I would. I would go up to everybody from the town of War Road that was there and ask, "Hey, do you have a jersey that I could just, you know, pay touch. you touch, touch?" And this is where deal. this is where I pretend I don't know Danny at all. No, don't know this person it's just sitting next well, to me. Yeah, well, at this point, I'm probably running around the rink, so we won't be sitting next to each other. Okay, that's gonna be I'll good. Be safe. That be good. that's gonna be a good one. Okay, Tony. We uh, wrap up this show. Thanks. A huge, huge. We do have an interview. Oh, we've got. Okay, I want to wrap up. No, no, I want to. I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, the Red and Black Leagues, uh, for their sponsorship show. If uh, you're just tuning into the show now and you're interested in playing some great off-season hockey, they have tryouts in March. Uh, Go to redandblackleagues.com. We'll take you now to our interview with Brennan Boynton. Take it away, Danny. Well, thank you, Tony. Yes, we are joined here today with senior goaltender from Champlin Park, Brennan Boynton, also a Frank Brimzik finalist. Thank you, Tony, for congratulating me that I got the pronunciation right there. Brennan, how's it going? 
<laughs> Good, are you? <laughs> Good, and thank you, Carl, for that. And thank you, Brennan, for joining us. Um, now, uh, and congratulations on being a Frank Grimzik finalist. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that means a lot. It's crazy to be nominated with so many other great senior goaltenders in the state, especially the other two that were awarded it. So it means a lot. Yeah, I, I think if you look at the numbers and, you know, the visual tests, yeah, I think you guys, all three, are have been playing the best all season. Um, I got a chance to see you last night in your session loss to Maple Grove. Um, talk about that game maybe for a little bit. Yeah, it was it was fun. It's obviously not the way you you wanted it to go, but just the atmosphere there last night and one last game at our home rink was it was pretty special. So I had fun. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the first varsity games I've ever seen in Champlin Park. Um, so we'll maybe talk about that for a little bit. You play for a team that obviously not a lot of people go and see all the time. It's not necessarily on my checklist of teams that I need to see every year, like the Dinas, the East, or the Grand Rapids, or anything like that. I mean, talk about what it's like to play for a program that maybe not everybody talks about and you're in a little bit more obscurity than most other programs around the state. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. We when I started started freshman year we were kind of below five hundred team and then sophomore year worked to a five hundred and then junior year a little over and then this year actually got twenty wins and that was a school record for us. So hopefully starting to turn it turn it around here a little bit and put Champion on the map. Well no doubt about that. Carl? Yeah, so, uh, Brennan, the question I like to ask always, so, you know, who are the, the toughest players you play against? So if you see someone coming at you on a breakaway, who do you not want it to be? So that can be either this year, in the past. You know, who are those players? Um, Probably overall, for my high school career, the players that I played against, the top ones were Tusty, Janicki, and Perbix. And then <laughs> more, more this year, um, Brodzinski from Blaine. You guys, you definitely don't want to see any of those guys on the other side. <laughs> so when you say when you say there. Yeah, when you say Janicky, which which Janicky, Trevor or Justin? <laughs> I guess both now. <laughs> both now. Well uh, talk about that sniper last night maybe with Kukin and put in a couple that were just out of nowhere I would think. Yeah, he I don't know. He played a really good game last night, so Yeah. Yeah. I'll hear well, all about it next summer, this summer. <laughs> yeah, you play a lot of summer hockey. Obviously, uh, Curtis Janicki was your off-season coach. You you play with Trevor and, and Jack Perbix and those guys. Talk a little bit about that, you know, you know, getting to play with those guys that are definitely going on to, to greater and bigger and better things uh, those, on those Euro-American teams. Talk a little bit about playing with those guys. Yeah, that's, it's crazy, like – like we'd play same team since we were like 12 years old or so growing up and now to see like where, how far they've become or how far they've gone and uh, to see where they are now, it's unreal to look back to say like that you played with them. So it's cool. Uh, so one of the memories you guys beat uh, Duluth East this year, three to one, 56 saves. And it, it, it jarred the memory of you up at the Mac during uh, Pee Wee regions 
Walk through a little bit about the game against YZ where it went into multiple overtimes. I don't remember all the details of it. Tell, tell me a little bit about that game. Yeah, it was, I don't know, that was a crazy game. We were hanging in there and kind of, we just got a few goals and then went tied at 3-3, three to three, I think, in the third period and then would, went till four overtimes until they finally scored. So They finally scored. How, what was your final sh- shot total, was it? Uh would have been 78. 78 shots, 74 saves. <laughs> so this wasn't uh, – the game against the Luthiest wasn't uh, uncharted territory for you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Danny, we're going to talk a little bit of 5A. Normally in this section we talk we, – we we go through a prediction segment – uh, we're not. We've already done all of those earlier in the show. Danny's gonna put you put your feet to the fire on your five double A thoughts. <laughs> so we all predicted Blaine um, to come out of it. Um, we're hockey experts. No, actually, preseason you guys both picked Maple Grove. I picked Blaine. Yeah, I think postseason we're we're going Blaine. Um, but we really think this is a sixty forty type of matchup with sixty percent. You know kind of going into the Blaine favor. But, I mean, you've seen both of these teams very recently, Maple Grove last mm-hmm. night and Blaine last week. Who has the better scoring power, do you think, um, in, in being a goaltender and seeing both of their forwards? Who's going to win? Who's going who's gonna to win, too? Oh, this is going to kill me, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Blaine. Any rationale? And why? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think kind of they have more, a little more depth, and then obviously some great scores. Also, Maple Grove does also, but I'm just gonna go with playing on it. <laughs> oh, straight political there. I like it. I like it. This you, is like Sunday morning meet the press. You know, you, shot, you soft tooted a little bit. You tried to give Maple Grove a little bit of love just so you won't get beat up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna kill me regardless. Yeah, who's going to win Mr. Hockey this year? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, uh, Radzinski, I have to go with, obviously. Okay, see, there, there, we'll give a little love to Blaine. I like it. I like it. Blaine gets a lot of yeah. love on the show this year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question, uh, Brennan. Um, walk us through uh, your, your, your high school career's over. It's been over less than 24 hours. Uh, now you, you 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 pack up the bags. Where does Brennan Boynton's hockey future go after this season? Um, actually, I just signed a tender with Brookings in the NAHL a couple weeks ago. So I think I'm going to start practicing with them and then hopefully join them next year. Wow, this just in. YHH has learned that uh, Brennan Boynton will be headed to uh, the uh, NAHL next year. Congratulations on that. Uh, will you. you be playing? Will you be playing with them in the spring, uh, or um, just starting next year? No, unfortunately, I signed my tender two days late, so okay. I cannot play. Cannot play with them in the spring, but I'm excited for next year. So. Well, good deal. Well, I really appreciate you um, taking the time today and joining us on the show. Um, Best of luck to you uh, in the future, and uh, congratulations on a great career. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. Uh, Danny, Ryan, uh, Carl, thanks for putting together a great show. 
Huge shout-out to our sponsor, the Red and Black Leagues. Uh, check out redandblackleagues.com for great off-season hockey. Have a good day. Over their face, my friends all know that I'm cool. I've been this way since high school. Cause life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater. When it comes to hockey, nobody can stop me. My high school team, I was playing on the top three. Now my son is scoring piles. He 